Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. I am coming off of just a great conversation with a couple of fellow coaches and business owners and business-minded thinking um, or thinkers, you know, entrepreneurs. And gosh, like those two women just really made my morning. It's a rainy Monday morning as I'm recording this here in Indianapolis and cold. I don't know what the heck is going on with our spring, but I would love to see a little bit of uh, warmth and, and, you know, not having to wear a winter coat for, um, for at least, you know, I don't know, the month of May, we'll see what we get. Um, but anyway, coming off of that great conversation, it was just a reminder that I really enjoy those interactions with people. Sometimes it can feel like, Oh, I got to leave my house on a Monday morning um, I didn't feel that when I left because I knew who I was meeting. So I knew that it was the right people to be meeting um, because I had this energy and I was excited to get to have a conversation with them. But it just is a reminder to surround yourself with the people that allow you to stay in an abundance mindset. For example, for me personally, that's really important for me to be around people that are in an abundance mindset. They aren't in a scarcity mindset talking about how terrible the economy is and how everybody's canceling their work. Um, and not reaching out to them and they haven't had any prospecting calls and all those things. Like I don't, I didn't get any of that from either of those women. And so it's just a good reminder, I think for me and for all of us to surround ourselves with the people that, um, are best for us and that bring the best out of us. I think that's a really important key to just socialization, who we decide to spend our time with. Quite frankly, if I'm with people that are in a scarcity mindset, I'd rather just stay home and be alone. So just a reminder, think about who those people are that maybe fill a gap in your life or get you into the mindset you want to be in, that you can have these great conversations. And quite frankly, we talked about a lot of different things. When we talked about skincare, we talked about business, we were all over the place and it was lovely. It was a great conversation. So Think about who those people are, and especially when we think about this journey with evaluating your relationship with alcohol, how do you surround yourself with other people doing the same thing or people that have, you know, walked a few steps ahead of you in this journey? Maybe you're just starting or you're thinking about starting. I think that's a great thing to be able to do, especially early on, is surround yourself with those people. Um, And I still surround myself with those people just to keep myself motivated and on target and Um, remembering why I decided to do this in the first place. So today's topic, and you know, for those of you that don't know me personally, my former life was in healthcare and in the informatics space. I was a healthcare leader in, in informatics and kind of the data analytics, those types of spaces for a while. And I was really intrigued by it all. Like how much data we have in these electronic health records that we're putting in, clinicians are putting in every single day. I mean, it's just so many pieces of information. How can we take that information and now make 
the lives of our patients better? How do we make people healthier? How do we catch things before they even happen? How do we have these models in place that can, that can, you know, stop people from dying or stop people from even getting sick in the first place? So that all fascinated me. It's actually why I got into that space and kind of left more of the clinical space. Um, but you know, I still am fascinated by that. Even, you know, four years after leaving that position and doing my own thing in coaching and leadership development, um, I'm still really fascinated by data. So interesting to me. And, you know, at one time I thought the data just speaks for itself. We have this data, the end. And I have since learned the art of subjectivity and the art of just observation of what's actually happening in our own lives, what our bodies are telling us. I think we've lost that art because we do have so much information at our fingertips. It's so easy to say, well, I looked up the research, the latest research on this, and this is the answer because it's scientific and we have the data to back it up. And I think that is incredibly powerful and important. It's a piece of information. But when we're talking about, especially our personal well-being, you know, we have not gotten to precision medicine where we are able to say, oh, based on your specific genetic coding and all of these other factors in your life, um, all these other factors in your health, here is what would be best for you. Here is the exact diet plan that you could be on or food that you could put in your body that would get you, um, this, these optimal results. You know, we're kind of like putting sort of a one size fits all on most people. And that doesn't work. I think we're all very unique in a lot of ways. While we're very similar, we also have a lot of uniqueness to, to who we are. And so we have to be able to pay attention to that. And we have to get back to listening to our bodies too. So yes, the data is important. And I'm going to talk a lot about the data, the objective data, like I have hard and fast numbers in front of my face. Uh, can't argue with those. But then also how I'm actually feeling, what my body is telling me. So I think it's good to balance both of those things, um, especially in any sort of a health journey. But you know, with this particular uh, circumstance of alcohol. Like how is it really affecting us and how do we really be able to experiment with ourselves with both, both those hard facts, those data uh, numbers, those, you know, things that we can actually see right in front of our faces and then also how we feel. So I'm going to talk to you about a couple of different pieces of data, very objective pieces of data that were eye openers for me and really inspired me to do something about this pattern of behavior that I was in. So for many of you that have listened along, you know, I've always been a drinker. Um, I just kind of always, you know, drank. I wasn't, I wouldn't have considered myself an over drinker for a long time. You know, in my twenties, I would have weekends where I would binge drink for sure. And then wouldn't drink the whole week. And then I'd go back out and binge drink on a Saturday night. And then, you know, kind of that pattern for a long time, never felt like it was really disrupting my life or my health probably was. Uh, but you know, I was able to sort of uh, manage that and it didn't feel very disruptive to me. And then, you know, I was drinking about a bottle of wine every night when I was in my former um, executive role, just with like all the stress of being a mom of two children, plus having that pressure of the job, um, just was overwhelming to me. And so I was drinking a bottle of wine a lot of nights uh, for a while, and then I kind of got a handle on that, and I was like, oh, this is not good for me. I need to back off and spend a couple of years uh, without that. So I was still drinking here and there, but it was not to excess by any means. 
And then, you know, 2020 hit and I, you know, drank every night for six months. And, you know, my body was telling me, stop it, Rachel. This is, you feel terrible. So I knew I felt terrible, which is what made me reach out to a physician to say, hey, I want to get some lab work done. I'm getting ready to turn 40. Kind of just want to see where I'm at there and just have a, you know, kind of basic just health exam. And, um, so I started with how I felt. So that's why I reached out. So keeping that in mind, it wasn't because I just had random lab work done and it came back not looking so great. So I felt terrible, went to the doctor, got these lab results back. And I had never, ever, ever once had negative lab results. I've always had within normal limits, within the normal range for everything, And I recognize that as we get older, sometimes this just happens, you know, sometimes genetics comes into play and, you know, all the things, sometimes our, um, the foods we put in our bodies, you know, those start to change. We don't exercise as much as we get busier, all those things. And those were certainly the truth, you know, during the pandemic for me. So I wasn't surprised to see some of the numbers, but there were some other numbers where I was like, whoa, what is happening? One of my liver function tests and lab works, it was, it was high. And the response from my provider was you had to really anger your liver to get this, of an, this elevated result. And that was a big eye opener to me because I'm like, oh, it's not just the way I feel or that I think I'm drinking too much. It's true. Like my body... <laughs> is being affected by this. My cholesterol was high, which had never been in the past, in the past, uh, which, you know, your liver's responsible for filtering out your cholesterol or for, you know, processing cholesterol. If it can't do that because it's busy cleaning up the tavern you spent all night in the night before, it can't possibly do that. So there was that, you know, there's some, you know, my vitamin B numbers were all off. So anyway, hard and fast numbers in front of my face. And that was it. Like, that's all I needed to see in here. And I was like, okay, I am taking 30 days off alcohol. I don't know what's going to happen after that. It was November 1st of 2020. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like I just, I, something's got to give, something has to change. I don't want to feel like this anymore. So, uh, most of you know how that story ended. You know, I, I spent about a year without alcohol and, um, it was, it was quite the journey. It was wonderful and scary and hard and easy all in the same, like all, all, I mean, it was all those things. So it's really interesting how we can have like two ends of a spectrum in any experience, you know, where it's like, gosh, it was hard and easy. You know, I don't know how else to explain it. So, you know, all of my lab work ended up uh, sort of going back to normal. So every single lab work, I mean, I just had lab work done not that long ago. Everything was completely normal. So I'm like, awesome. You know, that's great. Like, I feel like I was able to solve that problem. The other piece of data that I have been capturing for about a little over three months, I think now, um, is through the aura ring. So it is, uh, it's spelled O U R a, if you haven't seen it, but it's a ring that you wear on your finger that captures biometrics from your body to see how it's responding to things like sleep. Um, are you getting good quality sleep? Are you getting, um, enough sleep? Are you getting into that REM sleep? Are you getting into the deep sleep and how long and, you know, all those things. So it's really cool. I'm always fascinated by this stuff. Like the first thing I do when I wake up is I look at what my sleep score was. Cause I just get excited about it. 
And then there's something else called your readiness score. Again, using some biometrics, um, they really look at, did your heart rate uh, lower while you were sleeping enough in order for your body to recover or did it stay elevated? So here is the really interesting thing with this. So I've been, you know, wearing this for about three months. So I have a lot of data, a lot of nights of sleep because I've worn it every single night. I almost always get a sleep score of 95 or more, which the best you can do is a hundred. So I'm like, sweet. That feels really good. Um, to be able to see those, those numbers, the readiness score is almost always above 85, which is nice to see. Um, but you know, for those of you that have kind of followed me for a while, I have, I do still drink some, um, it's not, obviously it's like 95% less than I ever drank before, uh, or that I drank, drank before. Um, but I will have a drink like on a date night here and there, and it's usually just one drink. And so I've been wearing my ring on those nights and my sleep score will stay the same. I still get, you know, usually a 95 on my sleep score because I sleep enough hours and get into that deep sleep. So it doesn't really affect my sleep. My readiness score maybe will go down by a few points, but it's not significant at all. So that's kind of how I've been judging, number one, how I feel. So one drink does not seem to, I, there's no noticeable difference to me. And the Aura Ring biometrics is actually backing that up. So I'm like, cool, I have two pieces of information here to say one drink here and there is not causing me any harm. And I believe that even when I look at the, you know, the research that's been done on alcohol, I believe that that is true to have, you know, a drink here and, and there, I don't think that drastically affects our health um, and the research backs that up. So, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to have two drinks on a couple of nights in the past, I don't know, probably two months since I've been wearing the ring. Both of those nights, my readiness score the next morning was one time it was 64, which is very low. And it said on there like, whoa, hold on. Something's going off the rails. What happened last night? I got enough sleep. My sleep was fine. The readiness score, my heart rate did not recover like it should have because I had two drinks. And then the next time I had two drinks, my readiness score was, I think it was like 68 or 69. So, wow. I mean, again, that was really inspiring to me. And it also helps me set my own guardrails around what I want this relationship with alcohol to look like because I don't want to be affected by it. I really don't want to feel the effects I don't want my body to know the effects of the alcohol and two drinks does that for me. And it depends on what the drink is. You know, sometimes I'll get a really low alcohol cocktail and I can get two of those and that really equals more like one drink, you know? So like, obviously we have to factor that part of it in. Um, but yeah, if I had two kind of strong cocktails or I don't really drink wine anymore just because it's just too high alcohol content for me. And I don't know, for some reason I just like it's not, I'm, I will just drink alcohol free. Um, and you know, yeah, that's, it's just a noticeable difference. So I'm not saying you have to go out and buy an aura ring. Um, I think you can use how your body feels and, and I will say my body felt less recovered even without knowing that information, you know, like I, my body feels like it's like, I don't even want to eat as healthy. I don't want to exercise after having the two drinks. So I know that this is like, that's my line in the sand. One drink, that's it. Uh, and also not multiple nights in a row. So like, I've known that about myself for a long time, like one drink and then need to take a break again for a little while. So you don't have to buy the aura ring. You don't have to have any fancy biometrics. I'm sharing this with you because this is 
more than likely going to be true for you too. I just wanted you to know that sometimes the data can be inspiring, you know, to have, like I said, that like can't argue with it. I cannot argue with these numbers in front of my face. The aura ring didn't know that I had two drinks. So it's not like it was like manipulating the data. (laughs) It was what my body was telling it. Um, And so really interesting. Also reminds me just to trust my body because my body already knew. My body was already telling me all of this information before I even had a way to measure it. So that was a big reminder too. Even with, you know, the lab work scenario where I'm like, I knew, I already knew the answer. I didn't really necessarily need the data in front of my face. But if you're someone that loves data and you're like, you don't argue with it when you see like the the numbers in front of your face, this might be a good motivator for you. It was something that really inspired me to do something about this relationship with alcohol. So whether or not you choose to use actual data through biometrics and other measurements, lab work, Uh, look at the subjective data that you're getting, look at how you feel, look at, you know, all the ways that alcohol is impacting your life for inspiration. There's so many things that we can pull, you know, yourself better than anyone. So you, you know, what's going to drive you. I knew that if I saw these numbers in front of my face, I was going to do something about it because that's just what I do. And that's just how I'm wired. Um, otherwise I can talk myself out of all this stuff. So like, you know, I can talk myself out of like, Oh, I don't feel good because I ate pizza last night. It's not because I had three beers, you know, it was the pizza and it's like, okay, I can, I can justify all of these things. Can't do that with the the numbers. So I knew I couldn't argue against that. Also sleeping is incredibly important to me. Like if I were to say my top, like my top list of priorities from a health perspective, sleep is number one, hands down. Like it's not, not even close. Like my diet, exercise, all those things, sleep, sleep comes first for sure. So, um, if that's what I want and I am not getting it, if that's my highest priority, I'm not getting it with the alcohol or the certain, you know, amount of alcohol. Well, then there's my answer, right? That's, that's getting in the way of my highest priority. So I hope you have a wonderful week. We will be back next week. And I'm considering taking the summer off from the podcast. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. So if you're like, please don't do that, Rachel. Keep recording these episodes. They're so helpful for me. I would love to hear that. Um, just, Just to know that, hey, people would still be listening in the summer. But I'm considering taking the summer off and, you know, showing back up in the fall with, uh, you know, more ideas and inspiration and just sort of, you know, revitalized. So anyway, we'll see. I don't know. Still toying around with that, but the beauty of what I do is I get to decide. So we'll see. Um, have a great week and we will be back next week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.